My mother used to say, the best mar marriages are made in heaven. It's part two of a mini-series. Spirituality in relationships. And it's part of your podcast you have, James. Spirituality for today. That's right. Yeah. I don't know if you have that saying in, in Nederlands. And it's a very old-fashioned view, you know, that the marriage is blessed by the church. And, okay, we've probably, m most of us who are listening to this have probably moved a long way away from that. But there's some seed of truth in it. Not that we are sort of guided by the principles of the church, but I do think that there's a sort of a divine element potential in a relationship, a kind of destiny, um, a kind of uh, evolutionary destiny, which you can help each other to grow and help each other to find... Um, Yeah, I mean, it all sounds very sort of dramatic language, but finding the sort of divine woman in the other or the divine man in the other, I think that's, yeah, that gives that extra ingredient. And what I've found is that, and this is true of any relationship, so it could be spirituality in any kind of relationship, but especially a relationship, a partnership of lovers, is or marriage or whatever your particular form is that the intimacy between us can just keep evolving it's so often people reach a sort of limit in their intimacy and that's where a relationship gets stuck so we keep through having the necessary conversations, adventures, whatever it may be, being alive to the evolution of the, the intimacy develops. It was like, you know, I was just saying recently, I've, you probably know I work with this, the CEO council, these six CEOs who I've been working with for 14 years. We were together for three days last week and still the intimacy between us is evolving And that's just wonderful. And that's what brings the mystery. Oh my God, suddenly we're in a slightly different place together. Where did that come from? I know we, you know, we, we decided to talk about ourselves in, in, the, in this podcast and be vulnerable about our own relationship. Um, but what crossed my mind is the, uh, I, I have a coaching practice and the number of people who tell me this is the first time I tell this or that to another person and my partner doesn't know how I feel or how I think about, about certain topics, about, you know, usually several topics, um, You know, you, you, you can stay a mystery and at the same time there is, you need courage to share your vulnerable corners, your dark corners, your fantasies, your longings, your dreams. If you don't have a space where you can share these things with, with the most, the person you are most intimate with, 
then yeah then you can have a, a a beautiful perfect relationship at the outside but then something is missing in the inside one of the most difficult things is to share what we are ashamed about where there's shame it's incredibly difficult to share so the the healing that can happen in a relationship is the layers of shame coming out shame about my body shame about my my womanhood shame about my my competence my abilities all all these things I think that's where a lot of the courage is needed and of course it needs the right container. I think we talked about that last time. It's it feels to me that if you talk about a good relationship and, and a spiritual relationship that in the last one you deepen the conversation. You you get on a different level. Yeah, I mean depth is that is the spiritual. It's going beyond the ordinary in everything, whether that's in our in nature or our relationships or our purpose in life, it's getting below the surface and below just the social norms. Is it possible to have a spiritual relationship if you haven't walked the spiritual path yourself? I would say very unlikely. So as Mickey often says there are three entities in a relationship. There's my path, my spiritual path, there's Mickey's spiritual path and there's our spiritual path. And they all feed off each other. But without those individual spiritual paths, I don't believe it's going to going to happen. And that's why with some couples when one of the two does enter a spiritual path and the other doesn't and again when I say spiritual path I mean in the broadest sense of the world which which includes self development and so on often that's a big challenge for the relationship because it needs both and you need to have that respect for each other's path and give that space and time and and money everything the individuals have to keep growing for the we to keep growing i find this a very complex one because i've seen examples where people where one person is on a more obvious spiritual path and has has done a lot of adventures and workshops and dwellings in spiritual and personal development and the other one isn't but can be a very spiritual person so it's not always it's not always what they do and where their interest is is um it's are they prepared to open up their interior for the other one even if they're not interested in going to the same workshop or the same meditation or 
I don't know what you think about it, but I, 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 I've seen so many different variations. I think it doesn't have to be symmetrical. Definitely not. But there does need, supposing there's an imbalance and one is more into spiritual stuff than the other. Okay. That's okay. But there, I would have thought there needs at least to be an openness from the other. If there's actual concrete resistance to that, I don't think that relationship is going to, well, I certainly don't think it can be spiritual and I, I'm not convinced it'll last either. Because remember, the spirituality gives a relationship also a certain um, resilience. Because you have a commitment to learning. So you're not just going to give up, at, you know, with, with difficult problems. I think a bit pitfall for people who walk the spiritual path is to... Yeah to have a tendency to look down on the partner who doesn't have a, an obvious spiritual path. And I think the trick is to keep coming with your needs and what you need to keep uh, the relationship open and to keep in contact and to keep in touch and not with coming what is missing. Because I think that is what I hear a lot is you are doing this and you are not doing that and it's all about the other who is not doing the right thing or not having the right attitude whereas when you invite and when you come with your longing and your need then you create the openness it's more easy to create an openness and sometimes you have to wait a bit I know about one couple who listened to our first podcast and he has been on a personal development path for quite a while and his wife wasn't and they listened to it together and after 10 years of trying she looked at him and she said I'm sorry I never understood what you were talking about and now I do understand and I see what was missing in our relationship and suddenly she completely opened up So it doesn't always have to be a long investment. Sometimes it 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 comes in a in a in a moment of enlightenment. Yeah, I think this is where the word spiritual can really get in the way. Actually, because remember what we're talking about under the guise of spirituality is is nothing very esoteric. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not necessary that you've gone to do a Vipassana meditation for 10 days. It's really just like you said earlier, it's, it's going into the depth of the relationship. So whether you call yourself a spiritual person or not, I think that can really get in the way and it can create this spiritual ego that Mickey's talking about. I mean, if someone comes home and, and says to their partner, well, I'm leaving you because you're not spiritual enough. My guess is that the problem is that they're not spiritual enough. Do you see what I mean? We, we can get lost with, with that label because it carries so much baggage with it. 
can this help society? I think it, it'll do all the good in the world. If children can have a good model of relationship and grow up with that, that must help society. You know, how many stories have we heard about people struggling because their parents were always always fighting or shouting each other or there were all these things that were never said. I mean, there's just endless stories of that. So I think it can, has deep social relevance. first in your main relationship at home that's where you model all the other relationships so if if there are a lot of unexplored corners there then how are you going to do it in the rest of the world or how are you going to give difficult feedback to a colleague or to a friend if you can't do that with your partner so I think it's a real yeah it's a real practice One of the things that I'd like to say, and I'm sure Mickey would too, is that the key, this, spiritually speaking, the key is that, that there is the erotic in the relationship, which is not, firstly, it's not just the sexual. So erotic, eros is also the learning and evolution, okay? Um... It's, 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 if you like, the creativity, the creative force in, in the relationship. So that that doesn't have to be just sexual. There are lots of other ways that a relationship could be erotic. Um, and the second thing is that the erotic can just as well, the, the sort of creativity within the sexual erotic can just as easily be found in a monogamous relationship as in a non-monogamous relationship. So we're not saying in any way at all that a non-monogamous relationship is more spiritual than monogamous. No, what we're saying is, and I think we'll have to say it many times, is that you find your unique form. But just to find that unique form, you've got to ask all these difficult questions and come with all the difficult sharings and, and have the courage to say to your partner, not all my sexual needs are being met. What can we do about it? And that's a very difficult thing to say. If the state, keeping the status quo is the only aim I think it's unlikely that that would have the spiritual qualities of eros and courage and so on that we're talking about. I'm curious on what sacrifice or compromise you felt you had to make in order to stay close to yourself and to invest in a spiritual relationship. 
It's partly giving up some of my autonomy. I mean, I'm an incredibly, or I've lived an incredibly independent life of basically just always doing what I wanted to do and traveling where I wanted to travel. Um, and yeah, I've given up some of that independence to be in a consistent relationship with Mickey and have a family with Mickey um, and gladly give it up. That doesn't mean it's always easy, but it's obvious to me that I have to give up that. And even sexually giving up a certain autonomy, like we said in the last thing, this is not just a free-for-all. It's not just, you know, go and sleep with whoever you want, whenever you want, no, nothing like that. It's way more contained than that. And I've certainly um, given up some certain degrees of that sexual independence. And I'm just incredibly grateful for what I have the chance. Because to be honest, when I was young, I had no precedent. I had no idea that it was even possible to have a long-term relationship which which um, allowed a degree of sexual experimentation, sexual independence. Did you grow into that? We had uh, we had a, a period of, of six, seven years where it was really. Um, I will say, if we wouldn't have had the safety of the getting to know each other in a monogamous relationship and um, yeah, finding our common ground together, I don't think we would have made it. So it was really important that we, um, yeah, that we grew into it and that there was a certain aspect of uh, safety and that we could fall back on uh, well, a history of six or seven years together. Yeah, definitely. And I think we mentioned that last time, the importance of having a, a safe container. Because it's not just about risk. You can only take risks if there's some safe base from which to take them. And, But, you know, the world has, has moved on since then. So we're not saying that's the only way you can do it, but that's the way we do it. You know, I, I know people living in San Francisco and California where when you date someone, it's one of the first questions you ask is, are you poly or not? You know, the world has shifted. When we started, it was like we were in the dark. Poly as in an open relationship? Yeah, polyamorous. We, we you know, we didn't know what we were doing we just suddenly found that we'd both fallen in love with someone else. Oh, my God. There was no handbook. It wasn't what we'd planned when we, when we, you know, got married. It's like we just had to have, deal with it. But what we realized at an early stage was we're not just going to slam the door shut and say, no, that can't be. No relationship can include that. No, we, we went in it more curious. What is, is there a way we can accommodate this? Is there a way we can allow this, even benefit from it? But we didn't know what we were doing. And we went through fire. 
and a lot of difficulties. But that's also what's helped the intimacy evolve between us, is what we've been through. Part of our uniqueness is how all of that happened. That's part of our story. Someone else's story might be completely different. But the question is, are you as a couple, maybe this is one of the key spiritual things, are you really, are you brave enough to allow the story to really evolve and find its, its magic, its uniqueness, its specialness? It's evolution of intimacy, because that's always going to take some risk and some sacrifice and compromise and all the rest. But it's honoring the, 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 the uniqueness of our relationship. And of course, the, the really tough part was we had to also honor the uniqueness of the relationship that our partner had to someone else while also keeping our own relationship safe enough. And that was a huge challenge. Makes me think of, uh, of, of the hero's journey of, hero's journey of Joseph Campbell, where the hero has a strong longing, maybe for the, the end of the world, the, the rainbow at the other side of the world. But in order to get there, you have to go through the forest. You have to step into the unknown. You have to fight the dragon. You have to risk yourself. You have to risk everything. You almost die when you take the journey. The path towards the rainbow is through the forest. Yeah, it's the same. And I would go further. I would say any relationship that has a relationship that hasn't nearly died hasn't really lived a relationship yeah. that hasn't nearly died hasn't really lived yeah I certainly I, I think I even mentioned that sentence I think James and I are heroes in a certain way because we faced our worst demons. And uh, I think the biggest fear of every intimate relationship is what if we fall in love with somebody else? You know, most people say, oh, then it's over. Well, we just decided, no, it's not over. You know, since then, I believe and I know that you can love several people. And just thinking, oh, if you fall in love with somebody else, that means that you fall out of love with your partner and that something is completely wrong there. We just discovered that it wasn't true. We, but we needed an evolution in our story. And we chose to walk the path of evolution and not to close the door. Yeah, and of course it, it wasn't like, You know, we got up one morning and said, oh, our relationship's getting a bit boring. We need some evolution. Oh, I know what. Let's go and fall in love. Because the whole point is, the spiritual perspective is that a relationship is its own entity. It's its own evolving story, which is, I think, beyond just our conscious decision-making 
will. Stuff happens. That, that's one of the key points also of the hero's journey. They don't decide, oh, I want to go and find a monster. I mean, the monster just appears. So that's, what I'm, that's part of the magic of the spiritual perspective is saying that, well, whatever happens, happens for a reason in the sense that, wow, okay, we really need to look at this, however awful it is, and not slam the door of the story shut. Or not straight away, not without. You might want to jet, eventually gently close it. <laughs> but that's having gone through a real exploration and inquiry. So it's almost honoring the story of the relationship beyond one's own likes and dislikes. You've got to get, be able to get, but that's true of the spiritual path in general. Otherwise, you'll never get to that deeper level. Yeah, I want to honor your uh, courage in, in bringing this up. Because also in the hero's journey, after the transformation, where learning happens in the, in the forest, in the unknown world, the hero decides to travel back to the community that he came from, to tell the story of where he's been. And in a way, that's what you're doing here. Yeah. And that's also a story that lies at the heart of, of Buddhism and Zen and so on, that coming back to the marketplace. Yeah. And of course, it keeps going in cycles. You know, there's still plenty of <laughs> material to work on. <laughs> there's no, there's no like sweet, harmonious end point. Okay, our relationship is stable. Are you still planning to invite other couples to have a conversation on a spiritual relationship? Yep. And that would be a conversation with a couple? Yes. Yeah. But we don't know yet. I, I haven't thought, you know, do we, do we let people prepare? Do we, you know, that's also a step in the unknown. Hmm. I mean, I'm le I've learned a lot from the way you do it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. That's, that's for the next... Uh, for the next episode. Next episode, yeah. Do you feel we covered about everything? For me, love, because in a way, especially in the spiritual world, this sort of general love, this sort of Jesus love for all mankind, or the compassion of the Dalai Lama for the whole human race and, and, and beyond, is very prized, that's, that's valued. And I do think that's absolutely vital part of the spiritual path, is to developing our capacity to love in a general way, so everyone can be included in our heart. But in a relationship, it's not just that general love, it's very specific. It's about, I choose you out of all the other women. 
and you choose me. You're my chosen one. Something in that that it is particular is so important. And to keep saying that and keep expressing that in words and actions. I see you. I love you. Not someone else. For me, that's, that's vital. Because then you have that specialness of the we. And sometimes in, in the spiritual world these days, they, they want to go so much to this sort of universal love. They, the, the, the particular love can get a bit left behind, but it's equally important. It is a miracle when two people come together. That in itself is spiritual and that needs, um, that needs to be honored. The magic of that needs to be honored. I honor you. And I honor you. The best marriages are made in heaven. You see, there is some truth in it. 